Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to the Dating Prep Podcast, a podcast designed to help you date yourself, the love of your life uh, forever. Um, this podcast is a special one, like we've been doing the last two weeks. It's a Q&A podcast where I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to ask whatever question you have about relationships, dating, <clears throat> singleness, about God, about anything. I'm going to spend about a good 45 minutes to an hour with you guys. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys a chance to come into the live broadcast once you come in, let me know where you guys are watching from. And for those who's listening or watching later, whether on YouTube, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening, for watching, for engaging. And for all those who's been on the community tab, um, just kind of engage with me there. I really appreciate it. So I'm going to give you guys some time to get your questions ready. So I'm going to give you guys just a few seconds to come in and type your questions up. Hey, what's up? What's up? Hope you guys are doing exceptionally well. And my apologies about what's up, Estella. What's up, Aries? What's up, Jaretta? Good evening. Um, about what uh, what should I do Wednesdays? I had to speak at my church to the youth yesterday, so I was uh, getting myself prepared for that. Hey, New Jersey, what's up? What's up? So I had to get myself ready for that. But what should I do Wednesdays? We'll be back up and running um, next week. Also, the Good Guys Podcast is back in business. We should have an episode coming out tomorrow morning what's up trinidad what's up jersey what's up everybody good evening from beautiful michigan beautiful place up there love michigan when i visited um the three or four times that i have so let's get to the questions what you guys have what are your questions atlanta in the building what's up atlanta all right we ready we ready who's gonna be the first one what does it mean when your girl says that she isn't in titles um, it just depends. One of two things is going on there. Either she's, uh, wanting to friend zone you or doesn't really want you to, uh, the titles to, uh, she doesn't really want an exclusive relationship or she's a person that's just saying, Hey, um, I don't necessarily want a title right now because the boyfriend and girlfriend title really doesn't mean anything that I really want to kind of build ourselves up somewhere. But honestly, when usually someone doesn't want, um, or not, it's not into titles, um, they're probably not into one, uh, the, the exclusivity of you both being public or two, she's just not into those titles because she wants to really uh, grow this thing the way that it should or naturally, or she's just like the boyfriend, girlfriend thing. Uh, maybe we moving too fast. Um, but just ask her, I think the best thing you can ever always do is never to assume, just ask her clearly and say, Hey, what do you mean, um, by not being, into titles. That's what I always tell people. Just ask for clarity and take their word for it until you see fruit that's different than what they're saying. All right, next question. <clears throat> How you know when you're called into leadership? Good question, Camilla. You know that you're called into leadership typically when there's followers behind you. When there's followers behind you, chances are you have a leadership trait, leadership quality. Now, leadership must be developed. Um, um, you know you have leadership skills or that you are a leader. Um, when when you have uh, uh, you, when you take initiative, when you're able to uh, problem solve, you know that you're a leader when you're able to um, navigate um, life. You're a leader when you are resourceful, where you're able to find resources on your own. You're a person like I don't have to really wait for no one um, um, to find information. I'm resourceful. I take initiative. Um, I, I come with witty and creative ideas that I that I feel the passion to, to take the charge on. 
Um, some other things that proves that you have a leadership trait. Number one, God telling you so, um, or God putting you in positions on your job or wherever you work that that has leadership um, attributes. Um, but but the beautiful thing about being a leader is the type of heart you have to have to be a leader. You have to have a heart of humility, a heart of understanding, a heart of empathy, a heart of sympathy, a heart of of of, of brave uh, being brave, a heart of 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 just willing to see things through. If not, it could just be a person that loves the idea of being a leader, but doesn't have the heart to be a leader. True leadership is not is not making people do things. Leadership is being an example and equipping those who are following you um, for, for premium success. Hope that helped. Let me make sure I get all your questions together. How you know when you call this leadership? Okay, good. I read that. So that good evening. Houston, Texas, what's up? Hey, coach, how do you stop porn addiction? Um, it's very simple, man. As with any addiction, is is to realize how desperately you need a savior in that issue. The best way to overcome any addiction is to know that you need a savior, that you need a, a, um, a savior, that you need support, and that you need systems, okay? The best way to overcome any addiction is, number one, you need a savior. Hey, God, I can't do this on my own. I, 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 I would like to, I, I try not like to, but I've tried to, I try to overcome this addiction. I try to overcome this, this issue. Um, but it looks like that I can't do it on my own. So father, I'm asking you uh, to be my savior, uh, to source me, um, uh, in moments of weakness. I'm, 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 I'm going to do it as my, um, part in my job of the relationship to acknowledge you when I'm weak because the scripture says that your strength is made perfect in my weakness and also you need support you got to be open for accountability you got to have support people in your life that can check in it's hard to continue in an addiction when you have someone that you respect constantly checking in with you where they know when you bs and when they know that you're not telling the truth so you need a savior, you need support, and you need systems. Systems are those things that's beyond the support realm because people are not going to be there all the time with you. You need systems to ensure that even when you at your weakness, weakest, that 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 addiction can't be within arm's reach. Now, most people they don't they don't they they're too um, turned on to ask God. They're they're too frustrated to look for support. But if you got a flip phone with no data, if you got a phone with no data and you have no Wi-Fi at the house, people who really want to be free go through great measures to be free. So meaning you saying, hey, I got an issue. I'm going to go to God for help and Holy Spirit, show me my triggers. Show me. Oh, 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 there's four S's. You need a savior. You need to know the source of the issue. You need support and you need systems. The source of the issue means why is this addiction here? Usually a porn addiction is a symptom of something greater. It's not the source of an issue. Addictions are symptoms of an issue, meaning the reason why uh, um, um, uh, pornography or porn addiction came into your life is probably due to a place of insecurity, a place of rejection, <clears throat> a place of neglect, a place of abandonment, a place of 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 stress and anxiety, a place of, of, of lust being passed down through generational curses from your father's habits or your mother's habits, um, a spiritual demonic stronghold that has been rooted by some conceptualized situation. So go to the Savior and ask the Savior, hey, I need you to help me and source me as my supply for freedom and strength in that area. Number two, what is the source, Holy Spirit? 
Why am I so addicted? What caused this so I can repent for the initial open door so I can close that door, that window, that cracked window, that cracked door? How do I close the entrance? Once you find a source, Holy Spirit, surround me with the right support <clears throat> that will be able to that will be able to check in with me and I can be honest about what's going on in my life and help me to develop the systems that will help. Okay, I got another S. See, another S. S is for Savior. First S, you got you to gotta go to the Savior and be sourced by him. Next point, you got to ask the Holy Spirit, um, um, what was the source of this issue? Number three, you have to see yourself the way God sees you. If you always see yourself the way you see you or you see yourself the way other people see you, then you will find yourself seeking or sinking because if something drastic happens in your, happens in your life, um, then you're going to fall right back into that addiction. After that, ask for support. After that, um, develop the systems to ensure that even in your weakest moment, it's not within arm's reach. I hope that helped. How to become God's perfect work. Um, stay in the process. Um, know for a fact that you're not going to be perfect in his life, but the Holy Spirit's goal is to progress you towards perfection until you're glorified in your new body when you're in heaven. Um, but uh, to be God's workman, workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that were before uh, uh, before or uh, ordained for you is let him work in your life. Like in order for God's perfect work to perfect you, you have to be patient. You have to be a patient person. You have to have the right perspective. You got to be able to say, I see what this pruning season is for. I see why I'm going through this. People who cannot see what God is doing, chances, chances are, are people who try to jump and move out of what God is doing. You got to have the right perspective to understand pruning, to understand the perfect work of God and be cooperative and let him do his job. Let him do what he does best, knowing that the person that he's making you into it's going to be positioned to do mighty things under his under his lordship. So how to become God's perfect work? Let him work. Have the right perspective while he's working. Be patient while he's working and 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 and, and enjoy the person who's working on you. Next question. I want to spend more time with my family, but they never have time for me and I have many hurts in my heart. It's making me sad because I don't have anyone to speak with. How do I deal with this? Good question. Um God is the first relationship that you have to establish, understand, and um, appreciate. Because human beings, no matter if they're your closest friend, family member, or anyone, are not going to always be reliable. The Bible says he's close to the brokenhearted. He's near to the brokenhearted. He says, anyone who, who needs rest, who, who, who labor and are heavy laden, come to me and I give them rest. He says that that uh, that um, that uh, well, there's, there's a lot of stuff in my head. But what you have to understand is, is that most times if you wait for people to be there for you, you will overlook the one who's always there for you. So you're saying, I want to spend more time with my family, but they never have time for me. At that point, if you don't see that they're that, that they are available for you in a timely manner, you have to understand um, that there is a supernatural care that the heavenly father does through his spirit because of Jesus. Right. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, it opened us up to have access with the father. And the best way for that have access to the father is for uh, Christ's spirit to dwell in us so that we can have a spirit that searches even the deep things of God, helping you navigate tough periods. Because let me tell you this, 
If you wait for people to have time for you, then you will still be in the midst of torment and temptation because, because not everybody can read your mind and everybody can read your heart. But if you know how to go to God first and if God needs for other people to be there, he will touch their hearts to see about you. Let's keep going. And I have many hurts on my heart. What you should do then is, is, is for the next few days, a few weeks, carve out a specific time where you can meet with God. But before you meet with him, write those things down that's on your heart and voice them one by one before God. There's not a there's not a word that you can say that will offend God. There's nothing that you can say in a moment of prayer, of honesty, that's going to make God close his ears, meaning that you can vent and say, God, this is hurting me point by point by point. And you got to really embrace what, it, what Philippians 4 says that. That um that he will give you a peace that surpass all understanding. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. He 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 cares more about that issue than you do, and he's already on uh in work in that issue, and he's probably using that issues or issue to help you. And it's making me sad. I'm reading her question. It's making me sad because I don't have anyone to speak with. That's life, but there's one who's ready to speak with you right now. And when we understand that a relationship is two-folded, that it's okay to take the initiative, it's okay to go to God and really be honest. Listen, I'm just telling you from my experience. I have great, great friends that I grew up in college with. I have uh, uh, an amazing wife. I have, I have a lot of, I got a, a mentor and a pastor that I can go to, but none of those relationships even put together is greater than the relationship I have with God. I love my relationship. I love my time with God. And I do my time with my wife. I love my time with God more than I do time with a mentor. I love my time with God more than I do with friends. I love my time with God than I even do with time to myself. And when that relationship is solid and enjoyed the most, it makes it easier um, to navigate all other relationships or, or be able to process when those relationships are not readily available. I hope that helped you. I right, hey coach, how to handle when someone has a crush on you and is trying to pursue you? Good question. Um, <clears throat> first, I always tell people, don't let another crush crush you. Don't let someone who's crushing on you crush you. Don't 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 get so caught up in the crushing uh, uh, part of relations or, or the process because that's when a person is overly infatuated with the idea of you and they have yet to engage with you as an individual. So what happens is how do you handle when someone has a crush on you and is trying to pursue you as a woman? You got to understand, first off, is this person for me? First off, is this first off, before you even think of that person's for you, are you attracted to that person? Because sometimes people in a moment of loneliness settle for someone they're not even attracted to. They don't only settle because they rather have someone there for them. If you're not attracted to them, if you first off, even before that, do you have time for them? So many people making time for crushes and it's crushing their dreams and it's crushing their pursuit. It's crushing their work ethic. It's crushing their time uh, and, and, and maximizing it for God's purpose. So you have to ask yourself, do I have time for a relationship? Is it even my season to be in a relationship? And just because someone has a crush doesn't mean you have to entertain them. And sometimes women entertain men who have crushes on them for a free meal for a free date, to get cute for a couple of hours in a week, and they use that person, and then you don't know what type of issues that person has in his heart that may be used to crush you abusively, physically, emotionally, or or crush them. You don't want someone who's crushing on you, and if you don't really know that, and if you know for a fact that you're not in the right place to be with them, you don't want to set them up for you to crush them. 
So how to handle when someone has a crush on you? First off, um, get clarity. I'm going to do C-R-U-S-H. Have a clarity. Get clarity from God. Get clarity. Father God, is this person, if you like this person, is this person for me? Confirmation. And if the Holy, if God says no, then you cut it off. That's it. Cut it off in the beginning. Don't, don't allow your loneliness or your need um, 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 push you to entertain someone's crushing you because they are infatuated. Ask for confirmation, then cut them off. Or look on um, um, oh, that we're getting good now. Or do you even or do you even have time for a relationship? This is this is even when you don't have clarity from God. This is how you can probably find clarity. Number number two, are are you even ready for a relationship? If you know that you're still dealing with Jimmy and, and Joseph and Mark and Methuselah from your old relationships and you know that you're not ready, don't entertain somebody else who thinks they're ready or looks like they're ready when you know you're not ready. Also, you got to make sure that you understand the will of God for you at the moment. How you find clarity is number one. Am I ready for relationship? And do I understand what the will of the Lord is for my life? Do I really understand uh, the 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 um, the responsibilities and the needs of even entertaining somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, do people really understand what it takes to be in a relationship? How much your time is cut in half? That you no longer gonna have time for yourself as much as you used to. That you may cut your time in half from your creative endeavors. That you're gonna cut your time in half of going out to eat and and spending time with this person. Then all of a sudden, you wasted all that time that could have been used for something else. So see. You got to ask for confirmation, cut that person off and get clarity. If, if God says there's no, cut that person off. If you're not quite clear, first off, go to R, see if you're even ready for a relationship. Are you ready for the next level? Three, the other thing I understand is, do I even understand what it's going to take to even be in this relationship? And S, let's just forget the other letters because I'm, I'm going, let's, let's, let's keep going. S, I got to ask myself, um, I got to search, forget it. S. H, you make it what you want to make it. But know for a fact, hey, don't get so caught up in the crush of a person that, that it crushes parts of your life. And don't entertain someone who has a crush on you that you end up crushing them because of your indecisiveness and not being ready. Let's keep going. Uh-oh. It scrolled down again. Give me one second, y'all. Good guys coming back tomorrow morning. The Good Guys Podcast, we recorded our first ep our, our newest episode. We're going to be doing it weekly. Brandon finally got on the wave and is excited about it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And the good thing, ladies, is that you dictate the pursuit of a man. It doesn't matter how hard he pursues, you dictate his pace. Don't let a man know where you stay. Don't let a man know where you work. Don't let a man that you are not really that's not confirmed by God that you that, that you seemingly care about and has been confirmed by God. Don't let him know where you stay. Oh, S, stay secure. Stay secure. Don't let a person know where you stay. Don't let a person know where you work. Dictate the pace. H, make sure that you heal from your past relationships. C, get clarity and confirmation from God. And once you do and it's not what that person wants, you cut them off. Or look to see if you're ready. You understand what it's going to take to be in a relationship. A, uh, S, stay secure. Don't let no man know where you work or stay and drive around for 30 minutes to make sure he ain't following you. And H, heal up from your past relationships. That's how you handle crushes. Okay. All right. 
Does God automatically turn a deaf ear when you backslide? Nah, nah, nah. He's near the brokenhearted and he's near the broken habit. He's near those with a broken heart and he's near those with broken habits. Once God has, once you know that you have evidence that God pursued you, that you are sealed by his spirit and that you are, have been uh, uh, um, um, conceived as a son or daughter of God, he does not turn a deaf ear to you. Now, what you have to understand is when you do talk to God, you have to understand that that honesty is the best policy. God, God ain't ask you to be honest to help him hear or know what's going on in your life. He's seeking. He wants to know how bad do you want to be healed? God is not turning a deaf ear to you. God is not saying I'm done with you. But as a good father, he's saying, I don't know. I don't like what you're doing. I'm here when you're ready. The prodigal son's father didn't go chase the person, didn't go spy on the son, didn't get mad when the son came back. As soon as the son came back, he had open arms, killed the fatted calf and welcomed him back in. So now it's on you. Have you, do you have a deaf ear towards God? Do you have a deaf heart towards God? It's the issue in the relationship is never God, is us. So if you're backsliding, you have to ask yourself, why am I going backwards? Why am I sliding that way? Why am I back in this sin? Why? Because, well, um, well, God is this loving God. No, no, no. He says, the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace abounds? The Bible says, God forbid, he's calling you. Chances are he's using your current sin or situation or he's using people. Or he's using the Holy Spirit in your heart to cry out to you to come back home, to cry out to you to come back and leave that lifestyle because that lifestyle is tainting you, hindering you from doing what he wants you to do. Is God has a deaf ear to you? No, he is not an autopilot, uh, artificial intelligence. He is the original intelligence. Meaning that he chose you even with that current backslidingness in mind. But what he's trying to tell you is through your situation, through people, I'm sure, through things in your heart. The fact that you asked that question is why are you messing with that? And you know, that's not good for you. And you have to ask yourself, what, 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 what uh, um, confused me? What deceived me? Why am I here? And the prodigal son, the Bible says, when he came to himself, See, the thing that helps us turn around from backsliding is coming to ourselves. When you see, see sin, people don't, people don't turn away from sin at the, during the exciting phases of sin, when the sex is good, when the, when the, when the sin is good. No, 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 no. People ain't gonna turn around with that when, when the, when all that stuff is pleasurable. Most people turn when they realize this ain't benefiting me. This thing got me with the pig pens. This got me in a place where, where I shouldn't be. And you have to have your coming to yourself moment to realize that life was actually better with my father. And what I do with people and people be like, you know, how do you check on people who's backsliding? Sometimes if you try to step in and save a someone who's struggling, then either one or two things happen. You become their savior or they ain't gonna really care about what you're saying and they're gonna do what they wanna do. So what you do is you gotta be there to catch them when they come to themselves. So what happens is when people backslide or go down a route, you gotta let them go. You gotta let them do it. And, and, and God will let you go as far as you wanna go because he knows there's a point for every son or daughter when they're gonna come to themselves and make that U-turn. Because if a person cannot see sin for what it really is, they're gonna keep 
staying in that sin. But when a person sees sin for what it really is and they find themselves in a pig pen of that sin, left with no friends, left there with demonic torment and left there with 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 swine. Then they'll pick their behind up and go back home because they you, you, a person ain't going to change until they realize how great life was before. And that's what God wants. He says, OK, leave me. Do what you want to do. But I guarantee you, all my sons and daughters, when they get to that breaking point, that end point of that sin, they're going to realize, wow, I had it better at my father's house. It's going to be hard for a person to stay with the father if they're still curious about what this life is. So people, they get curious about relationships. They get curious about sex. They get curious about this person. They get curious about what, whatever their heart desire is. So they leave God. God, I'm out because I'm curious about this life and they know it's wrong. But you know how kids are. I, they don't listen to a parent's advice. They listen to someone else that says it. And, and when they go far, they're going to be like, wow, Pops was trying to tell me. The word of God, his letters really tried to tell me. That's what's going to keep people from going that sin again when they realize life was better here. Life is always going to be better with God. But some people got to go and wander around and learn through experience. So if you it's best to stop now before you have consequences from those experiences, then then to come to yourself and you got three or four consequences that are lifelong consequences around you. Lifelong consequences like when it comes to sex could be having a baby with a man that you really didn't want to be with. Now you got to Now you got now you stuck with that. You came to yourself, but you also stuck with that joker or you got an STD. You came to yourself. Now you're back with God. And now you're begging God for healing you from the STD. So it's best for you to stop seeing early and just say, I'm learn. I'm gonna learn and throughout life. I'm gonna learn from observation. You don't have to experience things to have a great testimony. People want to, my testimony ain't that dope. I've been with God since I was six. I don't got no come to Jesus moment where now my testimony is powerful. How I got in ministry and stuff like that, but it ain't powerful. Like, oh man, I done went through three or four women. I was this and that. Like, listen, you don't got to have a dope testimony. <laughs> don't, 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 don't fail tests so that you can have a testimony. Nah, let that go. All right. I'm 26 and she is 39. Could this work? Let me see what your other question is. Seth, I'm 26 and she's 30. What's Seth talking about? Let me see. I can't see your other questions, Seth. Blessings to you too. All right. Hey, family, hope everyone is having a blessed Thursday. Oh, thank oh, y'all talking to each other. Why are women having a child before marriage? There's a lot of reasons, insecurities, um, low self-esteem, infatuation, a lot of reasons why. Uh, but the good thing about it is, even though a woman has uh, a child before marriage, we as the body is supposed to love them. Many of the reason why people can't love people clearly because they look at the sin before they look at the person. So you, if you look at the sin, if you look at the person and you look at your own sin, then self-righteousness builds. And, and, and then all of a sudden you have no sympathy or understanding or solutions to help that woman uh, navigate. That's why my goal is with ministry is to have shelters, to have programs, um, um, to, to preventative programs and, and, and sustaining programs for those who um, who preventative programs to keep people from falling into certain things that burst those kind of consequences and so, uh, supply resources for people. Like it hurt my heart when one of um, the young ladies used to come to unplug and it really hurt my heart. I was understandable, but it, it, it hurt my heart on my part when, um, when she lost her job and she lost her job and she had a young son and it hurt my heart that, that, 
ministries that it wasn't a ministry out there. It hurt my heart that my ministry wasn't at a place where we were able to support her and her son until she was able to get herself herself back on her feet. Um, since since she lost her job, she went into stripping, and 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 as I went, I didn't, we never judged her. We never did anything. We didn't make her feel excluded. And she still uh, reaches out to me and my wife, and and really every time I see her, it's all love. But it hurts me that she had to go that route because there was no uh, resources readily available for someone with a good heart like that. I can't, I, I can't, I'm not a mother. I'm not, uh, I didn't, uh, when you lose your job drastically through to layoff and, and as you, you couldn't get a job for months, but this, this club is offering you, um, these kind of, this kind of money to, to strip. Listen, I can't judge that person. I, I, I've never been in that person's shoe. All I can do is love them every time I see them and, and realizing that we as a body are supposed to support those who who are in the process of, of understanding what it means to having a savior, et cetera. And I think if we stop focusing on entertainment and stop focusing on, on uh, these one and a half hour experiences and start building shelters and building resources that genuinely helps people avoid lifestyles, then, you know, but never look at a person's sins in comparison to your sins because that's how self-righteousness builds. Always look at a person's sin. Always look at a person first with empathy and understanding and see how you can help from them. How to get over someone you know isn't the right one for you is to think about all the reasons why they are wrong for you. <laughs> the best way to get over someone that's not right for you is to calculate and write down all the reasons why they're wrong for you. Facts over feelings. That's what I always do in any situation I may face. I always write the facts down. That helps me understand where why God has me where I'm at. Helps me understand where my marriage is. Helps me understand where I am as a person. Helps me understand where I'm with family. It's by writing the facts down. So to help you, you have to understand that the best way to overcome that is first understand that God does have someone that's right for you and that he wants to ready you for that person. And you also got to write down or or write down the reasons why that person is wrong and, and have it ready available. And every time that you feel that whatever, whatever, you bring that thing right out and you look at that thing and say, yep, Jimmy J ain't right for me. I see the reasons why this person's wrong for me. Now you got to make sure that you right the wrongs in your heart and say, is it is it because I feel insecure? What? Why do you feel bad? You got to right the wrongs. You got to say, you know what? I I come against that insecurity. I come against that infatuation. I come against that soul tie. And go to scriptures and supplement those those reasons why he's wrong for you and the reasons why you should get over that person. Supplement that with scriptures that will help you uh, renew your mind in that area. The best way to get over someone that's not right for you is to write, realize all the reasons why they're wrong for you and have that readily available. Make sure that you write your own wrongs and make sure you supplement the re mental renewal process with scriptures that will help you navigate. Good Guys Podcast coming back. Yep, we back. The, uh, the episode's already ready. We talking Aisha Curry. We talking about, it was a Mother's Day episode. We talking about, um, um, should husbands have to give their wives gifts on Mother's Day? We talked about um, Oreos. We talked about One's Gotta Go, the Mother's Edition between um, uh, um, uh, Claire Huxtable, um, Harriet, not I call it Harriet Tubman, Harriet Winslow between and the both light skin and dark skin Vivians. Which one's got to go? So that episode is going to be available probably tonight. 
It's probably going to be available tonight because I think it's almost it's ready and all that stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Let's keep going. Uh, oh, y'all helping each other. Is it okay to be friends with the ex situation if I set boundaries? Nope. You think you're setting boundaries, but you're really setting yourself up. You cannot be a friend with the ex situation if you know that you, if you got to set boundaries for it, then you're not ready for it. If you have to set boundaries for it, then it lets me know there's still a desire or a love there, care there. And the, and the worst thing a woman does to a man that's not hers is giving that man wife benefits. And so what happens is you almost got to save yourself from yourself by cutting that person completely off because it's a natural instinct from for women to nurture and to care. And a lot of men, they try to capitalize on women because they know they still want a mother. They don't really, a lot of men, not a lot of men, some men out here, they're not looking for a wife. They're looking for a mother. They're looking for somebody to nurture them. But they don't, they don't look for nobody to help them. They're looking for somebody to nurture the boy in them. So if you got to still set boundaries for yourself, then it's probably uh, uh, not right to build a friendship with that person. And some people... If, if you had a relationship with someone that it wasn't right for you and God's best for you, you can no longer engage with that person. But there's going to be conflict of interest with the person that God has for you. God is not going to bring the person that he has for you in a season where you're still healing or dealing with the person that you used to be with. People are one or two places that's keeping the real person that God has for them out of their life. Number one, they're, um, they're, um, what was my other two words? I said what? They're, um. They haven't healed from that person and they're still trying to make deals with that person. People who are still healing, who are who are coming against the healing process, God can't help them. I mean, God wants to help them heal. But if that person is hindering the healing process, God ain't going to bring the one in your life. Or if you're still trying to make deals with that person, meaning like, well, if you do this, maybe we can be together. Okay, you doing that? Well, let's make a deal. No, no, no. You cannot, you cannot heal or you cannot be with the real person that God has for you if you have yet healed from the last one and if you're still trying to make a deal with the last one. So what you got to do is if you got to set boundaries for it, and first off, the real question is, is this person the one God has for you? If not, move your borders, no, keep your borders and keep that person out of your life. But don't try to make friendship. Don't create borders with the gate for a person that shouldn't have the key to come into your life. Me and this girl both find each other attractive, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Uh-oh. Draco. Oh, you know, you Darko. I'm sorry. I, I, I was, um, anyway, me and, his, me and this girl both find each other attractive, physically, mentally, and spiritually. How can God confirm to me if she's the one or if he has someone else planned for me? Good question. I'm working on a new book right now. Can't give you the title, uh, but it's about confirmation and knowing uh, who's the one for you. Um, it's, it's the uh, second phase of the purpose of singleness. Um, so I've been, I've, trust me, I've been in, I got six, uh, 16 pages of skeletorial notes that's ready for me to start typing. And so the whole summer is going to be dedicated to that book. Can't give you the title, but it's going to be the second phase to the purpose of singleness and how to prepare, um, and how to understand confirmation. But to answer your question, me and this girl both find each other attractive. Physically, mentally, and spiritually. How can God confirm to me? First off, God can't confirm <clears throat> if y'all willing, willing, uh, willing and dealing. God can't confirm if y'all are too close. 
It's hard for God to confirm when your mind is clouded because of, of the idea of a person. So what you have to do is, uh, um, even what me and my wife did one summer was, listen, we got to know for real, for real. So not even for real, for real, but we just got, we just got to two weeks, two weeks. Let's get this thing established for real, for real. So we can go forward. We both knew, but it's like, we're going to do this because we're too close at this point and we have to get clear. And that's important. Like you have to take some time away from somebody because attraction will lead you to subtraction that all of a sudden now you got so attracted to this person. Now things are being subtracted out of your life. Things are being uh, uh, drastically affected and, 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 and it's going to be hard to really hear from God. So God, the way God confirms is for you to be able to find uh, 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 to be intentional, especially if you're the man. Okay. If you're the man, you got to make the, you got to be intentional. Hey, this ain't, this ain't got nothing to do with you. Cause this is what you got to do sometime with ladies. Hey, <clears throat> this decision I'm bringing to you has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with me not liking you and be honest. I really find you attractive, but I know for a fact as the man, I don't want to lead a woman that I don't have clarity from God or confirmation from God that this person's the one for me. That would get you respect. Right. <clears throat> because as a man, you're saying, hey, um, let's seek God together. You go 14 days that way. I go 14 days that way. And let's come together and see what God has said to us. And if we come back in those 14 days and we're not sure, sure about what God showed us with clarity of evidence, then we're going to take another seven days and increase it three days after that. Increase it of uh, seven more days or whatever. As often, I'd rather for you to go two months. To make sure that you know that you know this the one for you, then to never consult God and fall into attraction, fall into because it's easy to feel like this person. Because the, the issue is not necessarily bad versus good. The issue is good versus God. A lot of people are with some good people. A lot of people are in relationships with some good men and, a, and, and not some good men. There's some people in relationship with a good man and a good woman. The question is not bad versus good. A lot of relationships are in that category where it's just bad and good. And you and common sense will let you know that Joker or that, that Jezebel is bad for you. The issue is <clears throat> good and God. That's where you need clarity because it's important for you to be like, I know you're good for me, but are you God's fit for me? And those who want God's best. And the thing about it is, it's easy to let that person go because God has his best for that person. And you don't have to, well, let me just, no, 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 no. If you feel in your spirit right now that she ain't the one, but she's a good one, you got to be able to say, God, I'll sacrifice this for your best. And I promise you, when you're married and it's the third year or you seven months in like we are, you'll be able to look at that woman and be like, wow, I'm so glad I married you because you're really God's best for me. There's a lot of good women out there for you. But there's only one good, that's only, there's only one that God has for you. And people are like, well, how do you know that God has the one? God is super duper smart. It doesn't matter if people die, people fall off. God already knew who was going to die prematurely. He already knew who was not going to be uh, last past seven years old. That still ain't going to take the way, that still ain't going to mess up what God has for you. It ain't. So even people be like, well, what if the one that God has for me died? You think God ain't smart enough? To, to, to already already incorporate in this plan to know that, well, that person just wasn't for you, but I have somebody else. God is super smart. He's, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Great questions, y'all. <clears throat> 39 minutes? 
I feel like I asked about answered about 15 questions. It's some good stuff, y'all. Prayer points, what to work on in order to stop procrastinating, being lazy with time. Good question. <clears throat> Prayer points slash what to work on in order to stop procrastinating. All right. First off, always God gave you a mind. He gave you a spirit and he gave you a spirit in the mind for you to brainstorm and process things. So what you got to do for it first is, is prepare. Prepare yourself um, um, to really position yourself. And you do that by really writing down, why am I procrastinating? Why am I, okay, why am I procrastinating? What am I procrastinating with? Those are key questions. Why am I procrastinating? Is it fear? Is it insecurities? Is it because you don't feel like you're adequate? You feel like the dream is too big? And like I told the young people on Wednesday, I said, God is always going to give you a dream that's bigger than you. Because why would God give you a human-sized dream? Because he knows human-sized dreams only requires humans. He gives you big dreams so they can incorporate a big God in. So the first question I have to ask myself, why do I procrastinate? I have a whole course, a whole course of 15 videos, I believe, with worksheets on how to stop procrastinating on my website right now, Iamunplugged.com. You go there, hit the course button, and it's a free course for you on how to stop procrastinating. Go there, register, sign up for that, and, and navigate through it. Now, what I do, what I will tell you is, why am I procrastinating? Why? Insecurities, inadequacies, fears, whatever. What am I procrastinating with? What are those things? Is it, is it a certain type of show? Is it social media? If so, cut those things off. Get an accountability partner and say, hey, I have this project. Here is the deadline for it or the periods of deadlines for it. And I need you to hold me accountable. And I, I, I want you to call me at a certain time to see. You just got to do whatever it takes. The number one thing that helps me avoid procrastination is the why. Why must this get done? This next book must get done because a lot of the questions that I'm getting right now are on questions on uh, confirmation. How do I know if the person's the one? How do I pursue a woman? How do I be pursued by a man? And so instead of doing all, I mean, these videos are great, but I want to provide you guys with a thick book. I don't know how thick it's going to be, but a book where you can ask yourself questions, ask that person questions, where you can really process through your individual, single self, and when it's time for dating, and to how to really through God's word and build the discernment that you need to really see what's going on. So go sign up for that course. It's free. It's for you. Navigate through it. And I hope it helps you. Uh, should a person go to college as a backup plan? Um, that's between you and God. Colleges, we don't live in the college era anymore. What I mean by that is... <clears throat> Back about 20 years ago, college was the way out. 20 years and back, college was the way out. Or maybe even 10 years ago, before social media hit. Now, when there's Google, when there's uh, libraries, when there's Barnes & Noble, where there's information readily available, I tell people, if you're wanting to be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, or someone that requires some type of instructional training, um, then go to college. But if you're an entrepreneur, a creative, a business person, there's so much information out there for you to learn how to start your own business, for you to start your own whatever, and trust God with it. Everything with God, there's never, they said the Bible says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that prevails. Meaning, 
God didn't say purposes of the Lord prevail. It says the purpose of the Lord prevails, meaning there's no backup plan. It didn't say many are the plans in the man's heart, but it's the it's the one, two, three, four, five purposes of the Lord that prevails. He says, no, there is a purpose. There is a plan that doesn't need a backup to it because God don't need a backup. God is the original uh, one. And so when you understand that, you will trust God, go in faith with God, knowing um, that if he wants you to go to college, go to college. But if he says you don't really need to and go this route, you go that route. Never try to never, never invest in an exit plan versus the plan you're supposed to execute. So people would be like, well, I know I'm supposed to execute in this, but let me take time from this and focus on my exit plan, my plan B. If God wants you to go this route, go this route. I don't have a college degree and don't need a college degree. The, next, the, only, college, the only college degree I'm going to get is an honorary doctorate. I, there's going to be a school out there that's going to be like, Coach Josh, here's an honorary doctorate because of my work. I didn't finish school. I went to school, went to college for three years. And the whole purpose for that college was the friends that I came out of there with and the lessons that I learned. But you don't have to go there if it ain't God's will for you. And if it's a backup plan and it showed, then it lets me know that you have something that you know you're supposed to do at this moment. Pursue that with your whole heart. Trust in God with your whole heart. And don't listen to what you can't listen to people who are 50, 60, or 40 years old who are not willing to understand the signs of the times, the place, the season of the times. I'm not saying that you don't listen to nobody who's older. What I'm saying is specifically pressuring people who are trying to pressure you to go to college, but they don't they, they don't know how they don't know nothing about social media, they don't know nothing about this era. They just they just they're they're thinking it's so antiquated, like go to college, you need a backup plan, but they they don't understand the creative age, they don't understand what's going on. Don't pay that much attention to people like that because the fears of what forced them into college, they're trying to place on you. Hope that helped. Let's keep going. I got time. I got 15 more minutes. Just please listen to me. Go to a gym. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Okay. What can you do when you find that you're struggling with the sin longer than you like? Good question. What can you do when you find that you're struggling with the sin longer than you like? Um, uh, usually a person who the phases of sin is interesting. There's a sensuality to it. There's a, a seductiveness to it. I mean, then there's a, um, uh, a safety. The next phase is safety. Um, the seductiveness leads you in and it makes you feel like, oh, I'm safe. Nothing really is going on. Everything's cool. Then from that point, then there's the uh, a realization like, wow, this thing is messed up. But the goal of the sin is to get you so addicted and so inept, uh, uh, unknowledgeable on how to overcome it. Because they know those who are unknowledgeable in overcoming it have more of a chance of, of succumbing to it. So to help you specifically, um, what helps me or anyone is to see what the word of God says about sin. That the sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That what is that gift? That the gift of God was his son um, to save me from, from, from deep-rooted, seeded issues. And so what happens is sin, a lot of these sinful habits, like I said before, and I forgot what minute marker it was, but most of the sins that we're in derive from, from a, conceptualist, uh, a conceptual place came from a place of abandonment. Usually the top things that sins birth from is from abandonment, rejection, fear, insecurity, idolatry, 
um, uh, a lot of sense finding roots and and um and manipulation. There's a lot of core foundational uh, places that a lot of humans go through early um, that open up sins, molestations, rape, uh, abuse. Um, that's why the enemy's after our youth. He's he came most everyone in here knows that what the reason why they are where they are. We're talking about pre uh, uh, sanctification or this issue that you're struggling with. Chances are came because of what may have happened to you between the ages of five and 16, maybe 18, rape or something like that. But a lot of the issues that we're struggling with right now was planted in us when we was five. That's when your ground is the most fertile, five through 16, because you're you're learning. And the best way to mess you up is to come in the phases of you learning, plant those seeds in you. Because they know that you're going to be caught up in the American, not the American, but you're going to be caught up in the, the flow of culture, whereas school, 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 college, marriage, children, jo- oh no, so school, elementary, middle school, high school, college, love of your life, uh, um, um, career, baby, um, you getting busy in your 30s, busy in your 40s, and one day you wake up, oh my gosh, I still got this issue in my life. Because a lot of people haven't been taught or trained on how to deal with stuff immediately. So if you struggle with the sin longer than you like, you got to go to the source of that thing and say, why am I struggling with this? Do I not trust Jesus enough? Do I not have clear understanding of what I need to do? The practical things you got to do is what I said about the other addiction, the porn addiction. And that was one of the first couple of questions. So when this video posts, there'll be a lot more information there. Um, and I can't remember everything I said because most of the things that I say come from the spirit and it's off the top of the dome and I can't remember it until I watch it again. Um, the good thing is you don't like the sin. You don't like it. And what do you do with things you don't like? You know, you got to you got to remove it. You got to you got to ask yourself um, and you also got to survive the withdrawal period. Some of us, we've been in sin longer than we have been. We've been faithful to our sins more than we have been faithful in the righteousness of God and the righteous living lifestyle of God, where it's talking about just living in a life that's thriving, that's 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 in fellowship with the Father, that's clean, that's 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 progressive and productive. We've been in hitting practices a long period of time, and we've become so familiar to them, it's hard to overcome. So, what I would tell you, real quickly, practical wise, number one, <clears throat> seek the seek the conception. When was this thing conceived? Forgive your father, forgive your mother, forgive whoever person was involved with that issue. Forgive them, forgive yourself, clear the heart, release it, vent, get a journal and vent. Because sometimes when you go back and you haven't dealt with stuff, because what we do as humans, we compartmentalize, compartmentalize a lot of things. And then when we go and get the key and we're just like, oh, I'm ready to be free. And we just skip all the way down to this big old vault. Yes, I'm about to get my freedom. You put that key in and then whoo. All that ugly comes to you. Oh my gosh. And then that's the part where you have to be prepared for. A lot of people's not prepared to go back to what they compartmentalize and place in these little boxes with all these locks. When they unlock it, they're not ready to deal with that. You got to be ready to deal with that through the help of the Holy Ghost to forgive, to, to forgive yourself, to forgive that person, um, to have the right uh mindset and to overcome it. Also, you just gotta you gotta cut the access to that sin off to the best of your ability. The best way to help you is through understanding who you are in Christ, communing with the Holy Spirit, but thirdly, 
having the right support system, someone that would check you about that sin. I had grown people checking me about my point issue at a younger age that would that checked me. And you got to get people that are going to check you because the more you get checked on the issue and then embarrassment set in and then you're like, I don't like being embarrassed. I don't really like those feelings of being checked. So hey, it makes it kind of easy not to do this, not to do the sin because you don't know when that random checkup is going to be. And they know when you BSing. You don't need nobody that's going to be like, wow, I believe everything you say. No, you need someone that's going to be like, hope they help. Woo, nine minutes. How do you figure out when it's time to move on and give up or to keep fighting for a person, especially if you've prayed and they have left and came back? They left. You are not a revolving door. Just like you don't keep your front door open just to let anybody in, you lock that door. The same goes with certain people. It's time to move on when they moved out. It's time to move on when they moved away. You don't have time for this confusion. You don't have time for a person coming to you when life is low and then when life gets lifted, they leave. You got to be able to say, I'm not a revolving door. I'm locking this door and I'm only going to, I'm giving, and I'm only going to give the key to the person who God has for me. You know when it's time to move up or give up fighting for a person when you have to fight. If you're fighting them, then it, and y'all not married, you got to get out. It's, it's one thing to fight spiritual warfare that's coming against your relationship. That's the that's when you fight for it. If y'all ain't even married, if you out here fighting them and fighting for the relationship, that's what wives do. Girlfriends shouldn't be doing that. Fighting for what? Fighting if, and you're not even my husband. Oh, oh, fellas, that ain't even your wife. You fighting for a girlfriend? You you begging, pleading, fighting, and that person came, went, came back, went out again? I'm going to call whoever this person needs to come over my house and remove this revolving door in front of my life, dismantle this revolving door, put a brick door or a big, huge door with a bunch of locks and say, you can't come back in. And I'm not even going to wait till you get your mind together. You go live your life. I'm going to go live my life. I don't got time for these come back and go away games. How do you figure out when it's time to move on and give up or to keep fighting for a person? You know, when, it, especially if you've prayed and they haven't left and came back, especially if you've prayed and they have left. Are you that man's wife? And if you are a man, are you that man? Are you that woman's husband? You don't, you don't, you don't pray. You, someone that's not your spouse, you don't pray for them relationally. You can pray for their salvation. You can pray for their sanctification. You can pray uh, 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 wellness. You can pray Godspeed. But if you're not married, you don't pray relationally until you are that person's husband or wife. There are certain type of prayers that should be reserved for your husband and your wife. If you prayed and that person keeps coming back, don't think that I got to pray harder to keep them there. If that person's unclear and they keep coming in and out of your life, you got to cut them off. Get out, get, the coach is telling you this. You get out. Now, only you know the details. 
know what I'm saying? Are you bringing this person back in? They're really trying to leave you and they're really trying to do what they're supposed to do, but you keep bringing them back in. But if this person just like, oh, my life sucks right now. So I'm going to go find Chelsea, spend time with Chelsea. And then when my when I have had my full sexually, when I have had my full from from because she gives great advice. Now I'm going to leave. Nah, cut that joke off. You know, you ain't supposed to fight for you don't you only fight for what's yours. If it ain't yours, don't fight for it. If it ain't your husband, don't fight for it. If it ain't your wife, don't fight for it. If it ain't your man, don't fight for it. Don't fight for it. Praying for a man and, and, and this man done came back and then none left again. What you praying for? You fight when y'all are on the same team. If you trying to, if, if this ain't no, uh, um, uh, what's it called in the, in the NBA? This ain't no um, off-season um, um, trade talks. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, well, I, I'm really trying to make you on my team. Okay, then that person going to other teams to find out. No, no, no. Do you want to be on my team or not? No? Okay. Keep going. Hope that helped you. I made what I believe to be a career mistake, and I left the job sooner than I should. What can I do now? No problem. There's nothing that catches God off guard because a lot of these things that we face are really lessons. So the number one thing you should do is, is learn from it. Learn from this experience. It's okay to make mistakes if you plan on learning from it with the, with the intent not to repeat it. Um, um, number two, you got to let that situation go. Let it go. Heal from that. You know, forgive yourself. Let it go. Number three, lean on God. Lean on God and say, from this day forward, I'm leaning on you, God, and I'm trusting you to guide me because I learned that I cannot lead myself. Holy Spirit, you are officially the leader of my life now because I just saw what leading myself has done. And after that, you go looking by faith for another job. I don't know what I just said, but I pray it helped you. Let me start over and say, um, I can't even remember y'all. I can't remember y'all. So I hope that helped. Um, okay, learn from the experience. Once you learn from the experience, let that experience go. Once you have let that experience go, lean on God. Once you have leaned on God, knowing that uh, lean on God. Number four, let God lead. And number five, look for a new job by faith. I made what I believe to be a career mistake and I left the job sooner than I should have. What can I do now? Learn from it. Let it go. Lean on God. Let God lead. Look for a new job career by faith. Next question. Josh, I'm completely infatuated with living in a certain city. Yet God keeps closing the door on my moving there. The most I can ever do until now is visit this, this city. Why is it this? Why is this a closed door? <clears throat> it's a closed door because two things. Either you're not ready for it yet, or number two, that city's not ready for you. Okay. There's always two things going on. Either you're not ready for it and God's closing that door because he's like, you're not ready for the principalities and the pressure. People understand that every city has a principality or not necessarily every city, but probably every county. Not necessarily the county, but it depends. You know what I'm saying? Um, the city that I live in, um, the principality of the city may not be as strong in a more bigger metropolitan area because there's more people and there's more things to really confuse people with. So Either you're not ready for that city or that city's not ready for you, meaning that God is still readying things there so that when you actually go at the right time, you will see how he has prepared a place for you, how he's prepared a, a, a position for you 
how he's prepared a people for you, how he's prepared a prosperity for you. If you let, let God keep you, just stay where you are until you see the plan of God manifest in a peaceful and a out of the box, really grabs you by the heart. Wow, God, this was your perfect timing. One or two things is going on. Either that city's not, either you're not ready for that city because of the principalities and the pressures that come with it and the traps that may be placed there, or that city's not ready for you and God is readying things for you. And you just got to trust God with it and stay in the city. Don't hate the city that you're in. Still, still, still be content where you are. Be happy where you are. Don't be overly obsessed with that city that you lose your focus in the city that you're currently in. Because that could distract you from, from, or you losing focus in the city that you're in could cause issues with your readiness and this and 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 things being ready for you over there. Hope that helped. How do you know? And this is my last question. I maybe my last, it depends. How do you know if you are under the wrong leadership at your job? How do you know if you are up under the wrong leadership at your job? You have to understand leadership at a job don't matter when you work unto the Lord, okay? Because you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of jobs where uh, uh the management is bad, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is, your life is 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 modified or is molded after after a greater work ethic. So when you're working to the Lord, it doesn't matter how bad the management is, you don't make a decision until you feel led by God. The key thing to help us all is learning how to consult God. And to develop a relationship with God to such a degree where you're able to make decisions consulting him first. A lot of people, they had a job and they just feel bad. I don't like it. I don't like it. So I should get out. No, it should be, okay, God, what is my assignment here? And I'm going to fulfill this assignment until you're ready for me to leave. Because sometimes we'll allow our feelings to flood out of a job too soon. That's what almost happened to me. I didn't, I didn't really like um, where I worked at before I worked at elementary school. I worked at a YMCA. I, worked, I was a manager at one of the Ys in Charlotte, the largest Y in Charlotte. And it was frustration there. I was like, God, I don't really want to work here. And the management there was cool, but it wasn't that cool. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we bumped heads a lot. Um, it just wasn't uh, 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 the career path of choice. And I was trying to develop programs for the Y. I was doing all these different things until I realized one day, God really gripped my heart and was like, occupy this space joyfully. I remember like he told me yesterday, occupy this pace place joyfully. It was me occupying this, that job joyfully that led to an assistant principal coming in, seeing my joy day in and day out when she came and offered me a job that blew the doors open to now I'm in my, uh, my wife and I are in our third year of a mentoring program. We have mentored over 80 or so students. And now we got a middle school wanting us to bring in next year. I'm just letting you know, Occupy where you are joyfully because you never know when your uh, uh, um, um, opportunity may be looking for someone who knows how to occupy a tough place joyfully. Other management are looking for people who can occupy tough situations joyfully. Hope they help. So occupy where you are joyfully. Whoo, a lot of questions, a lot of questions. It really feels like my life has been out of order since I disobeyed God. I'm going to go real fast, okay? I'm going to do five questions. I'm not going to ask it. And if it's a heavy question, I'm going to do my best. How do I become free from anxiety and fear of doing things? I just did a video. So I, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not trying to pass your question, but I just did a video on Tuesday 
on mental breakdowns and anxiety and worry. That video is probably one of the most powerful videos I've done recently. So if you want to be free from anxiety and fear of doing things, um, look at that video. I think it's called, um, oh my gosh, I got my phone right here. Let me find out what that, what that video is called. That video is called, are you mentally breaking down? Are you mentally breaking down? That video will help you with your question. It really feels like my life has been. Let me show you respect first. I don't want to. I don't want to ever make anyone feel I'm passing them by. Let me. Let me serve you. How do I become free from anxiety and fear of doing things? Um, what you got to do is, you just got to be able to say, you know what, man? Why am I afraid? You, typically, the best things of life are on the opposite sides of fear. You're always going to feel anxious doing new things. You was anxious when you first tried to ride your bike. You was probably anxious the first time you went on a date. You was probably anxious the first time you did a lot of first times, right? The thing is, you got to understand that anxiety is not necessarily a bad thing. It just lets you know that this is something new. You got to understand emotions are just indicators of a present mood. Your mind has to be stronger than your emotions, meaning you got to be able to say, no, I can do this through Christ who will strengthen me. I, I, I am more than a conqueror. I can do this. You got to be able to be your number one cheerleader. Your number one cheerleader is God. You got to be that uh, a one A cheerleader. God's one A. You got to be one B. You got to be like, no, you can do this. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. Like, there's a lot of things, man. Writing books are not easy. When I first wrote my book, it wasn't easy until. And a lot of people was like, man, you writing a book? It's back in 2008. You know what I'm saying? That was what almost. Man, that was what, not 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, right? But I had to fight those those things with the, with the word of God in my mind. Like, no, you can do this. And how you overcome it is visiting the end of that thing. Go visit the end. Go, if I go, if you want to do something in a nonprofit sector, go to the most successful nonprofit in, in your city and see the end of it. Spend time at the finished, at, at the finished and thriving parts of what you want to do. If it's business, go find a local business where you can actually talk to someone that did it. Ask God to send you an entrepreneur or a business owner or somebody that can let you sit in the chair and walk the campus because that will alleviate anxiety. Because when you talk to someone that's already done it, it'll help you do it. Hope that helped. All right, guys, I gotta go. Um, coach has been doing a lot of ministry this week from Sunday to Wednesday, and Coach is tired. Um, I will possibly do another Q&A soon. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't able to do what should I do Wednesdays, but I had to speak to the youth, and, and I had to make sure that I had my message prepared, and there's a lot of energy developing these things, and I want to make sure I, I gave um, that assignment that God gave me the right type of energy and effort um, in doing so. So I love you guys. I hate that I didn't get to your questions, um, but make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the bell uh, so that when you see these videos pop up, you can get to them. If you see Q&A, you're like, oh, man, I got to get to that video. Post your question in there. Even if you got to go back to your work, post the question early and then just watch the video back because I do them in chronological order. Um, let me just scroll through real quick and see where we at. Ooh. Just follow my spirit. Just let me, let me see. Where do I find that course? Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. 
Uh, I am unplugged.com. Scroll down to the course section, hit the course button. You'll see that course on procrastination. Exactly. College is great depending on what you are doing. That's right. Yeah, I don't give them a chance, Sarah. If they're not your type, you gotta you gotta sleep with that person. Now we're not talking about sexually. You gotta you gotta wake up to that person every day. You know what I'm saying? Being a attraction doesn't it's not a bad thing. You know, um, it's the question is what if someone is trying to pursue you but they aren't your type? Should you? If they're not your type. It won't be right. It won't be right because you have eyes. And if that person ain't your type and you marry that person out of sympathy. You're going to need sympathy later. Don't waste your time on someone that's not your type. Don't believe what these old saints be talking about. Like God, what God has for you aesthetically matches what you like for yourself. That doesn't mean you that that those those things dominate the boogie list. It just means you like what you like. All right. Love you guys. I mean it. I got to go because coach is tired. Coach got to rest. And I got to do some <clears throat> more ministry um, this weekend. Um, but I love you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this live Q&A. Um, I don't, man, I left my book at work. Make sure you guys get your books. We're going to be going through, I don't know how many weeks. It may be It may be 10 weeks. It may be 20 weeks. It may be the rest of the year. We're going to be talking about how to overcome soul ties and uproot strongholds. Get the book today on Amazon, The Purpose of Freedom. The book that I wrote, go to Amazon.com, type in Joshua Ezzy. Audio book, The Purpose of Freedom. Uh, you, you don't have to have the book by the first session. You may, you may, you may jump in and get the book later. You may be watching this video weeks later. And you see in the most recent uploads, oh, they still in it. Still go get your book. But if you want to join me initially with it, get your book, The Purpose of Freedom, and we're gonna go step by step, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and how we can up untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. Get your books if you want to give and support. All the links in the description box below. Once this video posts. Everything you need to know about me is that I am unplugged.com. I am unplugged. I'll type it here. Well, it'll, probably, it'll be gone anyway. I am unplugged.com. And that's the website there. I don't know. I need, need a hyperlink. Give me one second. Oh. Oh. There we go. I am unplugged.com. Guys, best to you too. Love you guys. If you want to give, you want to get me out to your city. If you want to get resources, books, and card games, if you want to, whatever you need, it's on that website. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Get your books. So now let me go. In, well, this thing's going to be, yeah, it's going to be gone. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. And for those listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, thank you guys for listening. Those numbers are wow. There's a lot of people that listen through those avenues. I want to say thank you. Please comment wherever you can comment. If you want to rate, I would love to know how that medium is blessing you. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. If you're on wherever you are, leave a review. I would love, I don't know if you can comment, but if SoundCloud comment, I would love to hear what you guys are getting from that. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Uh, the Good Guys Podcast will be coming out Friday mornings. Every Friday morning, the Good Guys Podcast. If it don't come out on Friday, blame, blame it on Brandon. Love you guys. Peace.